0: Welcome back to XOXO Gotta Dash, Episode 3, Why Did I Go Bald? I get this question every single day. And for the most part, people mean well and are genuinely curious. Other times, people, men particularly, have a hard time wrapping their heads around it. Even when I provide some insight, I've been buzzing my head for the past five years. And I've learned so much about myself, the world, and the parameters by which the general public has been conditioned to measure a woman's beauty. I didn't realize just how tied to femininity hair was until I made the choice to get a pixie cut in 2015. I had just turned 18, but before I get into that, I should add that I was raised by my grandparents under super strict helicopter parenting. I was barely allowed to dye my hair or trim my ends because of this obsession that women in my family had with my so-called good hair. I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican, I have Afro-Latina roots, and most of the women in my family have a gorgeous foresty hair texture. I always found it so beautiful when my mom took care of and rocked her natural afro. Her protective styles were so beautiful, and if you asked me as a kid who the most beautiful woman in the world was, I would reply with my mama. Unfortunately, growing up, I witnessed a lot of what they do to chemically straighten their hair. We'd be in the salon for hours, and the smell of a chemical relaxer is so strong, as I talk to you about it, I can almost smell it. As a kid, I never understood why they made themselves endure the possibility of a chemical burn, all in the name of having straighter hair. I grew up in Bushwick, and if you know anything about Bushwick, there's always a hair salon on the block where the neighborhood women congregate to not only get cute, but also connect and share stories. Everyone on the block knew that the salon ladies were not allowed to fuck around with my hair, or else my grandmother would lose it. I pulled up one day upset because I really wanted to change it up and go for a bob from my senior year of high school. Salon lady Milagros, she was like, En ese lío yo no me meto. Which translates to, I don't want to smoke with your grandmother. Never felt comfortable with the idealization around my quote-unquote good hair. It was such a thing. I remember meeting my paternal great-grandmother Consuelo. May she rest in peace. And in recounting to me the era in which I was born, she said one of the things my mom was most excited about at the time was the prospect of my straighter hair texture. She said, and I quote, Me salió con el pelo bueno, la niña. It didn't feel good to hear that. I felt an overwhelming sense of discomfort surrounding that thought. And we know where it comes from. We know black women have been conditioned for centuries to internalize having quote unquote pelo malo. I remember wishing that I could turn around the perspective of the women in my life and in my community. I think the emphasis that was placed on my hair and how it was tied to my identity by my parents ultimately caused me to reject this idea that i wouldn't be as beautiful without it i know that wasn't inherently the narrative my grandma was trying to run with but it was the only way i could find myself receiving it i was an insecure kid as most kids are especially around puberty The one thing people always commented on was how long and beautiful my hair was. natural curl pattern was about a 3C, very thick and full. I hated having my hair detangled as a kid, I tested it, I'd cry out in pain. It was such a sensory nightmare. And as I got older, my hair would get so tangled, I started pulling it out in knots and clumps that would make my scalp bleed. I was like, ain't no way. (laughs) I could not deal with this. I also wasn't taught how to care for or nurture my hair in a way that wasn't applying heat to make it more manageable. So ultimately, that curl pattern was dead by the time I decided to cut it off. Also, let's not talk about the back acne. It was bad. When I turned 18, I did two things I felt I had to do to assert my autonomy over my body and identity. I got a random anchor tattoo on my wrist, and I got a Halle Berry boomerang cut. My grandmother lost it she could look at me she couldn't talk to me shorty was sick the women in my neighborhood taken aback they knew what was up and they could feel the indifference in my grandmother after that all over some damn hair from there it ended up getting shorter and shorter and i only felt more empowered and sexier buzzing it happened by accident in august 2019 I was touching up my pixie cut, and I forgot to put the guard on my clippers, and my friend said, just keep going, and I kept the fuck going. Oh man, I immediately discovered a whole new side of myself. It was so exciting. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the process of growing into myself as a woman through this experience. I started to notice things about myself that I wasn't really taking notice of. I'm talking random things, like my ears. I really like my ears. They spend so much time hidden under all that hair, but they're cute as fuck. And it's the most random thing but i feel more sexy and feminine without hair falling all over and covering the back that i've been working on at the gym different strokes for different folks indeed but this is the most connected to self that i've been in my life this is the most in tune i've been my history of being a people pleaser i had to take the criticism i had to sit through it i had to thoroughly process it i had to let it sting a little bit and then i had to understand why it stung and find myself right back at the heart of it which is It's just how I felt the most beautiful. During last week's Fresh Cut Friday, I encouraged y'all to own your narrative, whether you're bald by choice or by nature. And I was accused of using buzzwords. I don't know what the fuck a buzzword is, but it was the only way that I could describe it. But it's incredibly liberating. A common observation is, how is a haircut empowering? Well, when you come from a background that places so much emphasis on how long and thick a woman's hair is, and you're spoken to and approached like you're being defiant, meanwhile, I ain't doing shit but minding my business and feeling cute, it's that simple. But I've witnessed and endured the ways in which it wasn't always that simple. Take dating, for example. Someone asked me yesterday, Having made the decision to shave your hair off, how has it affected your love life? Do you still draw as much attention from men than when your hair was long? By the way, I think it suits you. I'm a huge fan of the hairstyle choice. (laughs) Firstly, thank you so much. Secondly, it's absolutely affected my love life. Anything that connects you to yourself on a deeper level and allows you to set certain boundaries. For me and a lot of women, I think a major boundary is being told how to dress, how to do our makeup, how to present ourselves to the world in a way that meets their standard. The only time I tried to grow out my hair in the past five years was because a man thought I'd look better with hair. It wasn't the most enriching time in my life. Rather sad, actually. But it taught me that it takes a man that's very sure of himself and securing his masculinity to date a bald woman. We are indeed an acquired taste. I say this from the perspective of a woman that's been told to her face by a man that it feels weird and quote-unquote emasculating. I've had a man show initial attraction only to withdraw and ultimately say they just don't get it. They just don't get the whole bald thing. And I'd be so heartbroken and confused about what there was to get because I was looking and feeling good. So what's the problem? (laughs) The problem was that it wasn't the ideal standard of beauty for them. Thankfully, I was able to move on. I had a relatively low tolerance for that kind of bullshit. The moment I sense those red flags, I have no problem removing myself, and I will not apologize for it. It took years of making excuses for others' shitty actions before I honed down on my own power in protecting my peace, and I've been significantly happier since. Plus, I landed a modeling contract as a bonus! (laughs) The mental illness jokes always suck. Because yes, I do consistently throw hands with these hating ass bitches named anxiety and depression, but that ain't why I'm bald, though. We gotta show a little more empathy for the real-life shit people go through, man. I take people's ignorance, especially in the comment section, with a grain of salt. But people be mean. They wake up and choose violence. And do not give a fuck about your feelings. One or two of these comments is whatever. But seeing grown men set out to intentionally bully women is disgusting. And also highlights the importance of opening up this discussion. How is it empowering? This is what we have to navigate. As gracefully as possible, too. As overwhelmingly positive as it is, it can also generate that negative of a response. The pros will always outweigh the cons for me, though, in terms of connections built. There's nothing like waking up to an email from someone telling you how much they enjoy your content and that it's helped them celebrate their beauty while they navigate something life-altering like cancer or an alopecia diagnosis. Real-life shit, man. And people use that as a means to bully, as a means to project their insecurity around the fact that they could not fathom ever losing their hair. It can happen to anyone no one is exempt and we shouldn't tie so much value to something as frivolous as hair in a way that makes women question their womanhood when it all falls off as if there aren't so many other attributes that make a person i've noticed a shift in the women around me in the past five years my mom has fully embraced her natural hair my grandmother is now my number one supporter and breathes so much life into me the role to self-empowerment and self-love and all that stuff looks so different for everyone There are so many moving parts that make us who we are and help us connect with the deepest parts of ourselves. And it isn't up to anybody else but you to decide what does that for you. No 2 paths are parallel, but sharing our stories is important. Providing each other with perspective is important. I wholeheartedly thank every single person that shared their story with me. I have a profound appreciation for this space for allowing me to be able to share these stories at this capacity. Last week, a fellow creator named Celeste, writer for Essence Magazine, reached out to me for an interview and gave me the opportunity to tell my story And share the inspiration behind Fresh Cut Friday. Celeste, thank you so much for amplifying my voice. I'm so excited to read this article. It's such a dream come true. And once again, this is your friendly reminder to own your narrative. I leave you with one of my favorite quotes by Eleanor Roosevelt, famously quoted in one of my favorite movies, The Princess Diaries. And that is, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Wishing you an amazing rest of your day. XOXO. Gotta dash.